My dear brethren and sisters, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles, the great expositor of Scripture, reveals to us some of the many great doctrinal principles which lie at the heart of the Word of God. This epistle to the Romans is no exception and we do well to study its contents. To the end, and to that end, we wish this morning to focus upon the Apostle's remarks, upon his words, the righteousness of God. The Apostle writes in this third chapter of the Romans, reading at verse 21, Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Strong defines righteousness the Greek word dakiki osuna as in, used in the narrow sense as justice or virtue which gives each his due and in the broad sense both doctrinally and morally as a condition acceptable to God. The Hebrew word for righteousness comes from the word tazdek, meaning just, lawful, righteous in conduct and character or as justified or vindicated by God. They have almost identical meanings. It is evident that in the phrase the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, that the Apostle is here referring to the conduct and character of the Almighty. So let us examine the phrase and build upon it and draw out the lessons for ourselves. The Apostle stated that the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. In simple words, deity didn't require the law to demonstrate his righteousness. For it was deity who gave the nation, the Jews, the law, the code of practice by which they should live. For this code of practice gave them the moral guidance by which they should live before God. So let us pick up on the Apostle's words in Romans 1 and verse 16, where he writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who hold the truth in unrighteousness, so that they are without excuse, who change the truth of God into a lie. I've drawn from several verses there to condense what the Apostle is saying. He associates the truth of God, belief in God, with righteousness. These were without excuse in rejecting the knowledge of God. Deity gave them over to a reprobate mind that they who work such evil were worthy of death. For, the Apostle writes in Second Romans, or Romans 2, for as many as have sinned, verse 12, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by the man Jesus Christ according to my gospel. The Apostle writes, Romans 3, and we're picking up now in our chapter at verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Dear brethren and sisters, it is reasonable to suppose that the law referred to here is the law given in Eden rather than the law given under the Mosaic Covenant. For the Apostle emphasises that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The record of Genesis says of God that he, this is taken from Genesis 6 and verse 5, that he saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the judgments of God were poured out upon the people. Save that it is written of Noah, For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And it was deity who justified Noah's righteousness. The Apostle stated, using the Revised Version in verse 21, and we'll note the uh, indefinite article and the definite article as we read these verses. But apart from the law... A righteousness of God hath been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ unto all them that believe. The Apostle associates the righteousness of God with an active faith 
on all who believe in Christ Jesus, the Son of God. The Apostle continues, For all have sinned and come short, or fall short, as the Revised Version puts it, of the glory of God. Brothers and sisters, it is deity's intention to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory of God. This is his intention, to fill the earth with men and women who would possess this knowledge and reflect God's glory that they may sing praises unto his great and glorious name. This opportunity he offers to, to all of mankind, and yet for the greater part, men and women reject his overtures. Deity is fully conscious of man's frailty, He's fully aware, as Paul states, that man was made subject to vanity. And yet, Paul continues, not willingly, but by reason of him, the father of lights, who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature, writes Paul, itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. This, dear brethren and sisters, is God's glorious plan of salvation, revealing its beauty, its deep love, its compassion, its mercy to all of mankind. Think, dear brothers and sisters, that from the beginning even before the formation of Adam and Eve, Deity had this glorious purpose in mind, that he would subject man to vain hopes, that he might be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. It is this hope of salvation which could be achieved through faith in his Son, Jesus Christ, but in it his son would be honoured. So the Apostle continues, being justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, a mercy seat, through faith in his blood, to declare God's righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, the Apostle continues, to declare, I say, that at this time God's righteousness, that he might be the, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So justice and the justifier is of God. All justice is of God. This is how deity looks 
at events in the world in relation to man. Just reflect for a moment on that phrase, being justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Break it down. Being justified freely by his grace. It is God, as we said, who justifies his children. It is God who declares them free from sin. It is God who casts their sins behind his back. Who has said to his people, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your skin sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they shall be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I marvel often, brothers and sisters, at the manner in which the Almighty reasons with his people the way he talks to them as a loving father to his children. It astounds me. It simply is a wonderful, wonderful thought. And we have it here in these words. This justification by the grace of God, that unmerited divine favour, is brought about through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are thus redeemed. We have been bought with a price. We have been ransomed from the grave. Think on the words of the psalmist. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him for the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever that they should still live forever and not see corruption this redemption is granted to all who believe on Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, a mercy seat through faith in his blood to declare God's righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. The forbearance of God. That willingness to take care of, to ignore the Troubles that the children bring to the Father and to treat them kindly. We are cast back upon deity's revelation in the law. When Yahweh passed before Moses, we remember it in Exodus 33 and 34. And deity proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness 
and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And he recites to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious. And this is where Paul picks up his quotations on grace. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And it takes from the works. Though works are necessary to demonstrate faith, not saved by works. You're saved by grace. God's grace. So the lessons come. The lessons contained in the tabernacle. Being justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, a mercy seat through faith in his blood. The sacrifice of Christ is brought before us in no uncertain terms. Here deity through the Shekinah glory centered between the cherubim views the mercy seat where the blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled, pointing forward to the work of the Lamb of God. This justification by deity, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, was done, says Paul, to declare his, God's, righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. This willingness of a beloved father to forgive his children, his desire to see them achieve salvation from death, to declare God's righteousness for the remission of sins that that are past. This is God's forbearance to you and me. that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. This, dear brothers and sisters, and think about it, for it is God who justifies. It is God who justifies to declare his righteousness. This is what is all about that he might be just that he might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus our hope our consolation lies in the love and grace of God I wonder brothers and sisters We can come on to it in a minute. I just wonder whether you think to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God, Jesus with his 12 apostles, 13, might be sufficient. 
13,000, 13 million? How many might you think would be in the kingdom? Think of the stars and the promises made to Abraham. He could see 5,000, but there were a lot more there. The sand on the seashore. Just asking you to ponder how many might be there. Thus the Apostle concludes, therefore we conclude, he says, that a man is justified by faith. Without the deeds of the law. Is it the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since it is one God who shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. The Apostle, extending his argument, writes in the next chapter of Abraham and quotes Genesis chapter 4 verse 5. Chapter 4 verse 5. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. And he has been speaking of grace. Elsewhere he says, by grace you are saved, through faith. Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So let's pick up again. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth faith in action. Belief is faith in action. Believeth on him, deity, that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. In simple terms, deity in justifying the ungodly exchanges his faith for righteousness. Think, dear brothers and sisters, that faith had to be a belief in Jesus Christ. And deity is willing to accept and to exchange that faith we have in Christ for righteousness. So the Apostle continues and relates the promise to Abraham. Verses 15 and 16. But through the righteousness of faith, and this he elaborates, for there is no law for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. So he removes the law and says, forget about the law in one sense. It is of grace. And we go back into Exodus. Back into Exodus. I'll be gracious unto whom I will be gracious. Brothers and sisters, the apostle in his argument 
who is out all law. He establishes the promise based solely on grace. God's grace. So speaking of Abraham's faith, he writes, who being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offences and raised again for our justification. Brothers and sisters, the power of the Apostle's argument removes the need for law. He establishes faith, faith in action, belief in the promises which deity made unto the fathers, made unto Abraham, which promise was made unto the seed of Abraham, which seed is Christ. Just consider, dear brothers and sisters, what this should mean to each one of us. For, says the Apostle, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This, in God's mercy, remains our present position in Christ Jesus. What then, says Paul, reconciled to God, being justified by the blood of Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement of sin? What does it all mean? What does it all mean? We are then, in being reconciled to God, being put in a position of salvation. Think on the love of God. Think on that agape love. That love which has total regard for another's needs. Think on the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do we truly take to heart our Master's words when he said, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. He added, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Age doesn't reduce temptation. It is simply more subtle. The mind more devious. Though the body be weak, the mind is outrageous. No wonder Jesus cautioned us against the wiles of the mind. The tongue might be untamed, but the mind, who can know it?
it can only be tamed if and only if we have the mind of Christ at all times. His response was, it is written. He makes instant reference to the word of God as his defence. It must be our defence. We must needs follow the master in his footsteps. It is written. The Apostle Paul in the 8th chapter of Romans writes in providing guidance to the man of God. Uh, Verse 4, I I believe it is. Uh, For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, of 14, for as many as led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The need to heed the Spirit word is essential in our daily life. Paul continues, verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified together think on it dear brothers and sisters heirs of God heirs of the promises made unto Abraham joint heirs with Christ heirs of the world if so be that we suffer with him that we might also be glorified together then that reflective counsel from one who endured much suffering for Christ for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for our earnest expectation of the creature which waited for the manifestation of the sons of God waiting to be shown the sons of God. This is the expectation of the creature. Brothers and sisters, this is a hope. It is our expectation when in the mercy of God we are accounted worthy for a place in his kingdom. When we shall sing praises to our God and King when we'll praise the Lord Jesus Christ when at that when at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven things in the earth things under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father.